0: Good morning. Today is Tuesday, August 11th, 2020. Today is my mother's birthday, so I just want to say happy birthday, mom. Most people don't like paying taxes, however, taxes are a remarkable insight into the values of a society. And they are values that are imposed on every member of that society. For example, uh, the system that we have that where there is a reduction in tax for donations that are made to a nonprofit organization. So that is essentially a statement by the government, by society, that This society values the work of that nonprofit and wants to induce and reward people for supporting it. And the tax structure induces and rewards all sorts of different things that reflect the values of that society. And of course, obviously, it can be controversial. Not only because people don't want to pay so much taxes. But, for example, um, people could legitimately, do legitimately ask, why is there um, a tax deduction for donations to religious organizations? I'm not religious. I don't believe. I don't, or I don't support that religion. Why should I be paying for what, that's what basically it is, subsidizing something that I don't agree with? Or, for example, in the area of. Uh, Causes, organizations devoted to causes. A couple years ago, there was a controversy here in Canada um, having to do with the tax-exempt status of anti-abortion organizations. So um, whatever whatever the example will be, but if I don't agree with such a thing, why should I be subsidizing it? But okay, so that's a controversy that exists within um, every society. And I find it to be a fascinating and illuminating subject. Even more so in the Torah. Because the Torah has a system of taxes for Jews who entered Israel after 40 years after leaving Egypt. And that system, that structure, contains so many lessons. It really is a blueprint for a holy and moral society. So a full treatment of this subject is beyond the scope of today. For now, I just want to share with you a couple of teasers, some of which are mitzvos in this week's Parsha, the Parsha of Re. And for now, I am going to oversimplify and omit most of the details of when and how and just focus a little bit on the themes of these categories. So broadly speaking, there are two categories of, I'm using the term taxes, you could use the term gifts or payments, whatever term you want to use, Uh, two broad categories. One is to support those in need and the other is to support important institutions similar to what exists in our code today in the first category of supporting supporting those in need in our parsha there's a mitzvah called meiser ani the tithing that goes to the poor and that is we're talking about at that time a largely agricultural society a farmer would harvest his or her crops and approximately 10% would go to support the poor okay that's a very significant amount amongst all of society and that would go to support the poor. We have discussed before another aspect of this, another series of mitzvos, leket, shikha and peah. when the farmer is harvesting, that which is on the corners of the fields must be left for the poor to harvest on their own, that which is dropped by the workers must be left so that the poor can come along and take it as well. And the very small amounts that are left on the the bushes or the trees that are not collected by the workers must be left for the poor to come. And we discussed before how that is not only an important source of uh, financial support for those who are impoverished, but also it is not a handout. It is a way to give dignity and self-esteem because those individuals who do not have their own land or who do not have jobs are doing the same work of collecting as the employees. We've talked about that in connection with the Book of Ruth and we've discussed that before. It's an important part of this. Another element that's in our parsha is the mitzvah of Shemitah. So Shemitah is the sabbatical year We are familiar with that aspect of the Shemitah observance where we do not plant or harvest as an owner during the sabbatical year, the seventh year. But another aspect, which is in this week's parsha, is that certain loans are forgiven. So this is a way for a person who is in need to be able to escape the cycle of poverty and to be able to have... Again, not a handout, but a new chance to establish financial stability to get out from under crushing debt. Okay, many more, but those are just a couple of highlights within the category of supporting those in need. The other category, supporting important institutions, supporting people who work for society. So primarily, that is the tribe of Levi, the Kohanim, the priests, and the Levian, the Levites. So the tribe of Levi did not receive an inheritance of a portion of land in the land of Israel like all the other tribes did because they were working on behalf of the Jewish people as the priests serving in the Beit HaMikdash as the religious leaders as the teachers and therefore since they did not own their own land they had to be supported so primarily that took place through truma that was a gift that each farmer would give to the Kohain, and then miser a tithing approximately one-tenth that would be given to support the levium this was not uh, tzedakah this was a uh, uh, payment just like in our society we pay Public school teachers and military and policemen and other public servants. So these Kohanim and Leviim are public servants and they were supported through a complex and, and uh, comprehensive system that provided an income for them. A particularly interesting detail of this is a gift called Trumas Meiser. So the way it works is like this Farmer collects his crops of the crops that he collects, approximately 2% is given to the kohen. Then, of what's left, approximately 10% is given to the levi. Of course, the numerically, the number of kohanim is much, much smaller than the number of leviim. Kohen is one family within the larger tribe of levi, so the proportions are meant to reflect the needs of each group. When the levy receives his tenth from the farmer, there is another mitzvah called Trumas Meiser. He is required to take 10% of what he receives as meiser and give that to the kohen. So the kohen is receiving a gift from the farmer and then also a smaller gift from the levy which is a fascinating system because if you just need to adjust the proportions, Cohen let's say needs a little bit more than what he would receive for the farmer, why not just make it 3% from every farmer instead of 2% and that way the levy would not have to give part of what he receives and give it to the Cohen. It sounds like a very circuitous system but the idea behind it is crucial. And that is, everyone is both a recipient and a giver. Everyone is a giver, everyone is also a recipient. And so the levy receives, but a recipient cannot only be a recipient, a recipient also has to be a giver. So he also has to give something to the Kohen. And this is such an important lesson and it applies in many, many areas of life. It's so crucial. Some people are very good at receiving but not so good at giving. And some people are very good at giving but not so good at receiving even when they need to receive. And every one of us in our own way, we need to work on ourselves. I'm I'm pointing the finger to myself here, (laughs) among others. We need to work on ourselves to be able to be a good recipient as well as a good giver. It applies in every area of life. So if you ask me, what about the Kohen? The Kohen receives Truma from the owner and he receives Trumas Meister from the levy. So the Kohen is only a recipient, he's not giving to anybody. The Rambam says, Maimonides says, the Kohen is also required to take. Ten percent of what he receives and give it to another kohain. Okay, so everyone is a giver and a receiver. The last one that I want to mention for today, and this also is a mitzvah in our parsha, is called meiser sheni, the second tithing. So this also is approximately a tenth of the income of the farmer. <coughs> And this tithing, you don't give it to anyone. You take it, or you take its monetary value, and you travel to Yerushalayim, to Jerusalem, and you spend it in Jerusalem. Which, of course, means the more you have, the more you're going to spend in Jerusalem. Usually, that will mean either the more time that you will spend in Yerushalayim or the more that you will share it with others while you are in Yerushalayim. Now clearly that has a benefit to the economy of Yerushalayim, but even more importantly than that, it puts you, the owner, the the farmer, in a place of holiness and inspiration. It is a tax for you to improve yourself, an incredible, credible system. Now, there are many other parts to this, and there are many more lessons that can be derived from the comprehensive structure, and these lessons are as meaningful to us today, even here, as during the time when they were practically applicable when the majority of Jews were living in Israel with the Beis standing. And that includes ensuring the well-being of every member of society with the goal of enhancing each person's self-esteem and the ability to support themselves. Also, the importance of putting ourselves in places of holiness where we are inspired and uplifted. Hopefully, we will all have the opportunity to return to Yerushalayim soon. My friends, I wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you in person soon.